Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society which contains both a workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from uh, about 9.15 or a little later to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 14, Break bringing illusions to truth chapter 14 bringing illusions to truth and section 4 perception without deceit and at the top of the hour we will pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day which is uh, lesson 158 Today I learned to give as I receive. And that will be led by um, <laughs> led by Fran, as usual. Uh, thank you in advance for that, Fran. Sorry uh, for the intermittent interruptions. I'm dealing with my naughty self this morning. <laughs> okay. Well, I have uh, with us in reading this morning, there's uh, Fran and Robin Marie and Donna, excuse me, Donna, and uh, with us in listening is Harrison, Kristen, and Ida. Is there anyone else who's joined the reading list? Uh, it's Karen, and I didn't hear you say my name. Did you? I did not say your name, Karen. Okay. Um, yeah. Been juggling this morning. Okay. I'll put you up. A 
put you after Ron Marie and before Donna. All right? And uh, I apologize for that, Karen. Is there anyone else who like left off the list or has just gotten here would like to say good morning and join the reading list? apologize for the moment of silence, but I do apologize for needing it so much this morning. So, I'll get us started with the reading in Chapter 14, Section 4, Perception Without Deceit. What do you want? Light or darkness? Knowledge or ignorance are yours, but not both. Opposites must be brought together and not kept apart, for their separation is only in your mind, and they are reconciled by union, as you are. In union, everything that is not real must disappear, for truth is union. As darkness disappears in light, so ignorance fades away when knowledge dawns. Perception is the medium by which ignorance is brought to knowledge. Yet the perception must be without deceit, for otherwise <clears throat> it becomes the messenger of ignorance rather than a helper in the search for truth. Brian? Chapter 14. Section 4, Perception Without Deceit. What do you want? Light or darkness? Knowledge or ignorance are yours, but not both. Opposites must be brought together and not kept apart. For their separation is only in your mind, and they are reconciled by union, as you are. In union, everything that is not real must disappear. For truth is union. As darkness disappears in light, so ignorance fades away when knowledge dawns. Perception is the medium by which ignorance is brought to knowledge. Yet the perception must be without deceit, for otherwise it becomes the messenger of ignorance rather than a helper in the search of truth. 25. The search for truth is but the honest searching out of everything that interferes with truth. Truth is... It can be neither lost, nor sought, nor found. It is there, wherever you are, being within you. Yet it can be recognized or unrecognized, real or false to you. If you hide it, it becomes unreal to you, because you hid it and surrounded it with fear. Under each cornerstone of fear on which you have erected your insane system of belief, the truth lies hidden. Yet you cannot know this, for by hiding truth and fear, 
You see no reason to believe the more you look at fear, the less you see it, and the clearer what it conceals becomes. Thank you, friend. And Robin Marie. Twenty-five. The search for truth is but the honest searching out of everything that interferes with truth. Truth is, it can be neither lost, nor sought, nor found. It is there, wherever you are, being within you. Yet it can be recognized or unrecognized, real or false to you. If you hide it, it becomes unreal to you because you hid it and surrounded it with fear. Under each cornerstone of fear on which you have erected your insane system of belief, the truth lies hidden. Yet you cannot know this, for by hiding truth in fear, you see no reason to believe. The more you look at fear, the less you see it, and the clearer what it conceals becomes. It is not possible to convince the unknowing that they know. From their point of view, it is not true. Yet it is true because God knows it. These are clearly opposite viewpoints of what the, quote, unknowing, unquote, are. To God, unknowing is impossible. It is therefore not a point of view at all, but merely a belief in something that does not exist. It is only this belief that the unknowing have, and by the by it, they are wrong about themselves. They have defined themselves as they were not created. Their creation was not a point of view, but rather a certainty. Uncertainty brought to certainty does not retain any conviction of reality. Thank you, Robin Marie and Karen. 26. It is not possible to convince the unknowing that they know. From their point of view, it is not true. Yet it is true because God knows it. These are clearly opposite viewpoints of what the quote-unquote unknowing are. To God, unknowing is impossible. It is therefore not a point of view at all but merely a belief in something that does not exist. It is only this belief that the unknowing have, and by it they are wrong about themselves. They have defined themselves as they were not created. Their creation was not a point of view, but rather a certainty. Uncertainty brought to certainty does not retain any conviction of reality. 27. You must have noticed that the emphasis has been on bringing what is undesirable to the desirable, what you do not want to what you do. You will realize that salvation must come to you this way if you consider what dissociation is. Dissociation is a distorted process of thinking whereby two systems of belief which cannot coexist are both maintained. 
It has been recognized that if they were brought together, their joint acceptance would become impossible. But if one is kept in darkness from the other, their separation seems to keep them both alive and equal in their reality. Their joining thus becomes the source of fear, for if they meet, acceptance must be withdrawn from one of them. Thank you, Karen. And Donna. 27. You must have noticed that the emphasis has been on bringing what is undesirable to the desirable. What you do not want, what you do not want to what you do. You will realize that salvation must come to you this way if you consider that dissociation, what dissociation is. Dissociation is a distorted process of thinking whereby two systems of belief which cannot coexist are maintained. It has been recognized that if they were brought together, their joint acceptance would become impossible. But if one is kept in darkness from the other, their separation seems to keep them both alive and equal in their reality. This joining thus becomes the source of fear, for if they meet, acceptance must be withdrawn from one of them. 28. You cannot have them both for each denies the other. Apart, this fact is lost from sight. For each, in a, for each in a separate place can be endowed with firm belief. Bring them together, and the fact of this complete incompatibility is instantly apparent. One will go because the other is seen in the same place. Light cannot enter darkness when a mind believes in darkness and will not let it go. Truth does not struggle against ignorance, and love does not attack fear. What needs, to be, what needs no protection does not defend itself. Defense is of your making. God knows it not. The Holy Spirit sees defenses on behalf of truth only because you made them against it. His perception of them according to his purpose merely changes them into a call for what you would have attacked with them. Well, thank you, Donna. And is there a new reader for 28 and 29? I've been reading with Jessica. Ah, ah. I think that's so, the loudest I've ever heard you, Jessica. I don't know what Oh, really? Is. Yeah. Is it too loud? You can, only right at the beginning there. Oh, I'm wearing a headset, so... Um, it, should I continue at this level of voice? 
Yeah, I think you're fine. I, I don't know what that what the exactly oh. that was. Um, so okay. So, yeah, um, if you okay, want to read 20, now, please, twenty-eight yeah. and twenty-nine. Thank you, Jessica. Mm-hmm. You cannot. Okay, so maybe I'll read the last sentence. I don't know how far back to go. Their joining thus becomes the source of fear. For if they meet, acceptance must be withdrawn from one of them. You cannot have them both, for each denies the other. Apart, this fact is lost from sight, for each in a separate place can be endowed with firm belief bring them together, and the fact of their complete incompatibility is instantly apparent. One will go because the other is seen in the same place. Light cannot enter darkness when a mind believes in darkness and will not let it go. Truth does not struggle against ignorance, and love does not attack fear. What needs no protection does not defend itself. Defense is of your making. God knows it not. The Holy Spirit uses defenses on behalf of truth only because you made them against it. His perception of them, according to his purpose, merely changes them into a call for what you have attacked with them. 29. Defenses, like everything you made, must be gently turned to your own good, translated by the Holy Spirit from means of self-destruction to means of preservation and release. His task is mighty, but the power of God is with him. Therefore, to him it is so easy that it was accomplished the instant it was given him for you. Do not delay yourselves in your return to peace by wondering how he can fulfill what God has given him to do. Leave that to him who knows. You are not asked to do mighty tasks yourself. You are merely asked to do the little he suggests to you, trusting him only to the small extent of believing that if he asks it, you can do it. You will see how easily all that he asks can be accomplished. Thank you, Jessica. And is there another new reader for 29 and 30? Another new reader? Okay, back to you, friend. 29. Defenses, like everything you made, must be gently turned to your own good, translated by the Holy Spirit from means of self-destruction to means of preservation and release. This task is mighty but the power of God is with him. Therefore, to him it is so easy that it was accomplished the instant it was given him for you. 
Do not delay yourselves in your return to peace by wondering how he can fulfill what God has given him to do. Leave that to him who knows. You are not asked to do mighty tasks yourself. You are merely asked to do the little he suggests you do. Trusting him only to the small extent of believing that if he asks it, you can do it. You will see how easily all that he asks can be accomplished. 30. The Holy Spirit asks of you but this. Bring to him every secret you have locked away from him. Open every door to him and bid him enter the darkness and lighten it away. At your request, he answers gladly. He brings the light to darkness if you make the darkness open to him. But what you hide, he cannot look upon, for he sees for you. Unless you look with him, he cannot see. The vision of Christ is not for him alone, but for him with you. Bring, therefore, all your dark and secret thoughts to him and look upon them with him. He holds the light and you the darkness. They cannot coexist when both of you together look on them. His judgment must prevail and he will give it to you as you join your perception to his. Joining with him and seeing is the way in which you learn to share with him the interpretation of perception that leads to knowledge. Thank you, Bram. And uh, Robin Marie. Thirty. The Holy Spirit asks of you but this. Bring to him every secret you have locked away from him. Open every door to him and bid him enter the darkness and lighten it away. At your request, he enters gladly. He brings the light to darkness if you make the darkness open to him. But what you hide he cannot look upon. For he sees for you, and unless you look with him, he cannot see. The vision of Christ is not for him alone, but for him with you. Bring, therefore, all your dark and secret thoughts to him, and look upon them with him. He holds the light, and you the darkness. They cannot coexist when both of you together look on them. His judgment must prevail, and he will give it to you as you join your perception to his. Joining with him in seeing is the way. Joining with him in seeing is the way in which you learn to share with him the interpretation of perception that leads to knowledge. 31. You cannot see alone. Sharing perception with him whom God has given you teaches you how to recognize what you see. It is the recognition that nothing you see means anything alone. Seeing with him will show you that all meaning, including yours, comes not from the double vision, but from the gentle fusing of everything into one meaning, one emotion, and one purpose. God has one purpose, which he shares with you. The single vision which the Holy Spirit offers you will bring this oneness to your mind with clarity and brightness so intense you could not wish for all the world 
not to accept what God would have you have. Behold your will, accepting it as his, with all his love as yours. All honor to you through him, and through him unto God. Thank you, Robin Murray. And Karen. 31. You cannot see alone. Sharing perception with him whom God has given you teaches you how to recognize what you see. It is the recognition that nothing you see means anything alone. Seeing with him will show you all show you that all I'm sorry seeing with him will show you that all meaning including yours comes not from double vision but from the gentle fusing of everything into one meaning one emotion and one purpose God has one purpose which he shares with you the single vision which the Holy Spirit offers you will bring this oneness to your mind with clarity and brightness so intense you could not wish for all the world not to accept what God would have you have. Behold your will, accepting it as his, with all his love as yours. All honor to you, through him and through him unto God. 32. In the darkness, you have obscured the glory God gave you and the power he bestowed upon his guiltless son. All this lies hidden in every darkened place, shrouded in guilt and in the dark denial of innocence. Behind the dark door which you have closed lies nothing, because nothing can obscure the gift of God. It is the closing of the doors that interferes with recognition of the power of God that shines in you. Banish not power from your mind, but let all that would hide your glory be brought to the judgment of the Holy Spirit and there undone. Whom he would save for glory is saved for it. He has promised the Father that through him you would be released from littleness to glory. For what he promised God, he is wholly faithful. For he shared with God the promise that was given him to share with you. Thank you, Karen. And Donna. Thirty-two. In the darkness you have obscured the glory God gave you and the power he bestowed upon his guiltless son. All this lies hidden in every darkened place shrouded in guilt and in the dark denial of innocence. Behind the dark doors which you have closed lies nothing because nothing can obscure the gift of God. It is the closing of the doors that interferes with recognition 
of the power of God that shines in you. Banish not your power from your mind, but let all that would hide your glory be brought to the judgment of the Holy Spirit and there undone. Whom you would save for glory is saved for it. Whom he would save for glory is saved for it. He has promised the Father that through him you would be released from littleness to glory. To what he promised God, he is fully, is wholly faithful, for he shared with God the promise that was given him to share with you. 33. He shares it still for you. Everything that promises otherwise, great or small, however much or little valued, he will replace with the one promise given unto him to lay upon the altar to your father and his son. No altar stands to God without his son, and nothing brought there that is not equally worthy of both, but will be replaced by gifts wholly acceptable to father and to son. Can you offer guilt to God? You cannot then offer it to his son, for they are not apart, and gifts to one are offered to the other. Thank you, Donna. And Jessica. Thank you. 33. Um, I'll just read the sentence before. To what he promised God, he is wholly faithful, for he shared with God the promise that was given him to share with you. 33. He shares it still for you. Everything that promises otherwise, great or small, however much or little valued, he will replace with the one promise given unto him to lay upon the altar altar to your father and his son. No altar stands to God without his son, and nothing brought there that is not equally worthy of both but will be replaced by gifts wholly acceptable to father and to son. Can you offer guilt to God? You cannot then offer it to his son, for they are not apart, and gifts to one are offered to the other. 34. You know not God because you know not this, And yet you do know God, and also this. All this is safe within you, where the Holy Spirit shines. He shines not in division, but in the meeting place, where God, united with his Son, speaks to his Son through him. Communication between what cannot be divided cannot cease. The holy meeting place of the unseparated Father and His Son lies in the Holy Spirit and in you. 
All interference in the communication that God himself wills with his son is quite impossible here. Unbroken and uninterrupted love flows constantly between the Father and the Son as both would have it be. And so it is. Thank you, Jessica. And friend, or wait, so I apologize. Before you go, friend, is there a new reader who would like to read uh, 34 and 35? <clears throat> Excuse me. New reader for 34 and 35? I can do it, LeMoyne. Hi, guys. Uh, oh, thank you, Judy. You know not God because you know not this. And yet, you do know God and also this. All this is safe within you where the Holy Spirit shines. He shines not in division, but in the meeting place where God united with his Son speaks to his Son through him. Communication between what cannot be divided cannot cease. The holy meeting place of the unseparated Father and His Son lies in the Holy Spirit and in you. All interference in the communication that God Himself wills with His Son is quite impossible here. Unbroken and uninterrupted love flows constantly between the Father, and the Son, as both would have it be. And so it is. Let your minds wander not through darkened corridors, away from the light center. You may choose to lead yourselves astray, but you can only be brought together by the guide appointed for you. He will surely lead you to where God and his Son await your recognition. They are joined in giving you the gift of oneness, before which all separation vanishes. Unite with what you are. Unite with what you are. You cannot join with anything except reality. You cannot join with anything except reality. God's glory and his sons belong to you in truth. They have no opposite, and nothing else can you bestow upon yourself. Thank you, Judy. And is there... Another new reader for 35 and 36. Okay, now back to you, Brian. <laughs> 35. Let your minds wander not through darkened corridors, away from life's center. 
You may choose to lead yourselves astray, but you can only be brought together by the guide appointed for you. He will surely lead you to where God and his Son await your recognition. They are joined in giving you the gift of oneness, before which all separation vanishes. Unite with what you are. You cannot join with anything except reality. God's glory and his sons belongs to you in truth. They have no opposite, and nothing else can you bestow upon yourselves. 36. There is no substitute for truth, and truth will make this plain to you as you are brought into the place where you must meet with truth. And there you must be led to general understanding which can lead you nowhere else. Where God is, there are you. Such is the truth. Nothing can change the knowledge given you by God into unknowingness. Everything God created knows his creator. For this is how creation is accomplished by the creator and by his creations. In the holy meeting place are joined the Father and his creations, and the creations of his Son with them together. There is one link which joins them all together, holding them in the oneness out of which creation happens. Thank you, Fran. And... Robin Marie. There is no substitute for truth, and truth will make this plain to you as you are brought into the place where you must meet with truth, and there you must be led through gentle understanding, which can lead you nowhere else. Where God is, there are you. Such is the truth. Nothing can change the knowledge given you by God into unknowingness. Everything God created knows its creator. For this is how creation is accomplished by the creator and by his creations. In the holy meeting place are joined the Father and his creations and the creations of his Son with them together. There is one link which joins them all together in the oneness out of which creation happens. 37. The link with which the Father joins himself to those he gives... Oh. The link with which the Father joins himself to those he gives the power to create like him can never be dissolved. Heaven itself is union with all of creation and with its one creator, and heaven remains the will of God for you. Lay no gifts other than this upon your altars, for nothing can coexist beside it. Here your meager offerings are brought together with the gift of God, and only what is worthy of the Father will be accepted by the Son for whom it was intended. To whom God gives himself, he is given. Your little gifts will vanish on the altar where he has placed his own.
Thank you, Robin Marie. And Karen. 37. The link with which the Father joins himself to those he gives the power to create like him can never be dissolved. Heaven itself is union with all of creation and with its one creator. And heaven remains the will of God for you. Lay no other gift upon this altar. Excuse me. Lay no gift other than this upon your altars, for nothing can coexist beside it. Here your meager offerings are brought together with the gift of God, and only what is worthy of the Father will be accepted by the Son for whom it was intended. To whom God gives himself, he is given. Your little gifts will vanish on the altar where he has placed his own. Well, thank you, Karen. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't, we're already past the top of the hour, and I don't think... Lemoyne, I would love it if you would do a recap. I missed most of the call. I don't know if anyone else feels the same way, but I miss your recaps when you don't do them. This is Mindy. So I request that you t- take a minute and do it anyway, <laughs> um, if, you, if you don't mind. I, this is Fran, and I request that we do the lesson because I have an appointment. I have to leave early today. Uh, okay. So we could do the lesson first. Thank you. Um, and also, my two cents, Lemoyne has a very bad cold, so maybe not. Maybe he shouldn't yeah. have to um, keep blowing it. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> He's struggling. But yeah, well, that, that, that's more of a symptom, and largely it's past. But uh, yeah, it's a symptom. Of... Obviously, God is in control. <laughs> being, being pulled out, and you know, I. Um, we should probably let Fran get to it so that she can go to her appointment. Yeah, let me, let me just, uh, let me just. Say a little, say, let me just reread 37, basically. About the, this is all, I believe, this is largely, you know, though it doesn't, may not say Holy Spirit a lot, it, there's a lot of capital E, which in this case, I believe, is the Holy Spirit. And in 37, it says, the link with which the Father joins himself, that is the Holy Spirit. So let me just read this. The link with which the Father joins himself to those he gives the power to create like him can never be dissolved. Heaven itself is union with all of creation and with its one creator. And heaven remains the will of God for you. Lay no gifts other than this upon your altars. for nothing can coexist beside it. Here your meager offerings are brought together with the gift of God 
and only what is worthy of the Father will be accepted by the Son for whom it was intended. To whom God gives himself, he is given. Your little gift will vanish on the altar where he has placed his own. And so, yeah, now I'd like to turn. Turn to you, friend, and ask, and uh, would you meet us in the lesson for the day? Thank you. Sure, thank you. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and today we are on lesson 158. Today I learned to give as I receive. Tasha will read some, and then we'll do our five-minute practice on the lesson. Today... I learn to give as I receive. What has been given you? The knowledge that you are a mind, in mind and purely mind, sinless forever, wholly unafraid because you were created out of love. Nor have you left your real source, remaining as you were created. This was given you as knowledge which you cannot lose. You have received all this. No one who walks the world that has received it. It is not this knowledge which you give, for that is what creation gave. All this cannot be learned. What then are you to learn to give today? The revelation that the Father and the Son are one will come in time to every mind. The time is set already. It appears to be quite arbitrary that there is no step along the road that anyone but takes by chance. Time is a trick, a sleight of hand, a vast illusion in which figures come and go as if by magic. If there is a plan behind appearances which does not change, the script is written. The teacher does not give experience because he did not learn it. It revealed itself to him as its appointed time. But vision is his gift. This he can give directly, for Christ's knowledge is not lost because he has a vision he can give to anyone who asks. Christ's vision has one law. It does not look upon a body and mistake it for the Son whom God created. It beholds a light beyond the body, an idea beyond what can be touched, a purity undimmed by errors. It sees no separation, and it looks on everyone on every circumstance, all happenings, and all events without the slightest fading of the light it sees. This can be taught and must be taught by all who would achieve it. And this you give today. See no one as a body. Greet him as the Son of God he is, acknowledging that he is one with you in holiness. Thus do you learn to give as you receive. And thus Christ's vision looks on you as well. This lesson is not difficult to learn if you remember in your brother you but see yourself. We practice seeing with the eyes of Christ today. And by the holy gifts we give, Christ's vision looks upon ourselves as well. So we'll do our five-minute practice today. Lesson 158. Today I learn to give as I receive.
What has been given you? The knowledge that you are a mind, in mind, and purely mind, sinless forever, wholly unafraid, because you were created out of love. Lesson 158. Today I learn to give as I receive. Amen. Amen. Well done, Fran. Yes, thank beautiful. you. Thank you, Fran. That was oh, beautifully thank done. You. Thank you. Good morning, it's Karen. I had some thoughts. Um, for one thing, I thought of this as a continuation of yesterday's lesson. Um, when we go into the presence of the Christ, when we enter into the presence of the Christ, we touch what we really are. And this lesson is asking us to extend that to the awareness that that too is what our brother is. And I just love this one line, greet him as the son of God he is. And I shared this on the earlier call, but um, it didn't even strike me that that line was there. Um, when I lived in India, um, they say Om Namah Shivaya or Namah Shivaya whenever they greet someone. It means I bow to the God within you. And it, it's a very, very crowded place, you know. So if you bump into someone, you say Namah Shivaya. Or if you make eye contact with someone, you say Namah Shivaya, even if you don't know them. And in many cases, when you're supposed to say thank you, you just say Namah Shivaya. Or it's just like you say it constantly, a hundred times a day to everyone. And it means... I bow to the God within you. And that's the whole purpose. It's like train your mind. Train your mind. Don't see the person. Don't see the body. Don't see the circumstance. Just constantly reinforce, you are Christ, and I bow to you. And so it seems like an extension from yesterday's lesson to give that awareness and recognition to the person standing before you constantly. And um, I wanted to just say one thing about the lesson also. Um, I know that a lot of people don't focus on the, uh, the deconstruction of the ego aspect of these readings, but they seem to be the most meaningful to me. And um, in paragraph 27, it's talking about dissociation. And I felt that this was extremely relevant for me because um, I've been singing acapella uh, on the Zoom calls that I do for the meditation class I belong to. And that, you know, certain people take turns and have been asked to sing. And when I sing, I feel like I become empty and the Holy Spirit sings through me. But I was, before I even read this this morning, I was thinking about the fact that it feels like I disappear and the light comes in and sings and then I come back. And it felt like such complete dissociation. It feels like it's not healing because in order for me to be healed, um, I can't split like that. I have to stay present. 
And then the light will shine through me and release what's, what's not purified. And spiritually speaking, I mean, I was always taught to go into meditation, you go up high, you go into the light, but then you come back and you've got all your same problems and you've got your, you know, bad attitudes and you've got your unhealed history and things you haven't forgiven. And this is saying that doesn't work. This is saying um, we have to stay integrated so the Holy Spirit can, can shine through what's not purified. Um, a lot of people in our community um, got cancer and things like that, and it's because they trained themselves over the years to, to meditate out of the body, and the things that needed to be healed and purified um, in, were locked in the body, in the cells of the body as blocks, energy blocks, emotions, thought forms, had energy patterns of the ego, all of that. And, and it was left there and became disease. So it really seems like the, um, the Course and Jesus is teaching that that doesn't work, that we um, need to stay uh, aware of what's inside of us. Make darkness open to him. What you hide he cannot look upon, for he sees for you, and unless you look with him, he cannot see. The vision of Christ is not for him alone, but for him with you. Bring, therefore, all your dark and secret thoughts to him and look upon them with him. He holds the light and you the darkness. They cannot coexist when both of you look upon them together. His judgment must prevail. So, once again, it's the most profound and supreme teaching of psychology there ever was in The Course of Miracles. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. This is Donna, and it took a third reading of 37, so thank you, Lemoyne, for that. And then I went back to look at it again before I really saw the incredible value of it. The link with which the Father joins himself to those he gives the power to create like him can never be dissolved. Heaven itself is union. And that's what really jumped out at me. With all the creation and with its own, its one creator. And heaven remains the will of God for you. And as I read that again, what popped into my mind was that old book again that Jude talked about. 
Genesis and chapter 1. It gave me a realization about what the waters are. And uh, also we would, the rest of the reading was surrounding the idea of light and so was the lesson. So in, in uh, chapter 1, in verse 2, the Spirit of God, which we understand now is the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And I thought, oh, my God, which is appropriate. All God is limitless, ever-moving, in harmony and that's what the waters recommend i mean represent to me that god the only being all capital letters lives and move and has his being in himself his beingness so so and 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 then he said let there be light, and there was light in verse 3. And he also said, that is light, it was good. So, I don't know, for some reason, that just so clarifies the completeness, the allness, the absoluteness of God, and that we can say it without being uh, with unabashed, maybe is the word, I don't know. That's what I am. That's what we are. Uh, and the only other thing I will say is I happen to open up my little things I, I move to things with. They're the same color. Today, on today's lesson was yellow, which is appropriate for light, and also 130. And it says it is impossible to see two worlds. And I thought, well, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I'm so glad I showed up. And by the way, I listened to yesterday's um, class on on tape on the tape, and it was just fabulous. So I'm complete. Thank you. Ooh, thank you, thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Karen. Thank you all for your shares. Um, I had to drop off the call to take another call, but um, I wonder if Robin Marie, have you had a chance to share? Because I know you have to leave early, and I don't want to take up time if you haven't shared yet. I, I just uh, always um, so thankful for all of you, and listening to you really keeps my mind one with God and just have a great day. Thanks. Oh. You too, Robin Marie. <clears throat> Thank you. Hi. Um, holy mackerel. This is just loaded. The lesson today, um, just an ever-deepening deep, awareness of the truth the truth it speaks of in the text and in the reading, um, ever-deepening understanding of what the atonement means, 
an ever-deepening understanding of the difference between perception and knowledge, perceiving through a mistaken sense of self-appraisal that I am a body. Um, this, this is something that doesn't exist in the knowledge of the mind of God, that we are purely mind, formless, changeless, happiness, joy, freedom, and peace to express only loving thoughts, a changeless reality that is of God. It's called the kingdom of heaven. And, you know, the, the lesson that an ever-deepening awareness of what to give and receive in oneness and in truth means, that once I've accepted the atonement, that perfect love is within me, that God is within me, I can't not see everything else as God. I know this. This is not a perception. This is self-knowledge. It's the knowledge of my capital self, that I am holiness itself. I am one with my source. I am one with my Father, my Creator. And as he gave himself wholly and completely and equally the same, the perfect love of itself, to everything it created as itself, the perfect love, the perfect lesson of the atonement, that everything is the same, it cannot be divided, it cannot be separate, and it gives everything equally to itself as itself. That is the oneness, the united power, the power of the united kingdom of, of heaven, of God of the Son, that we have this power and glory and the ability to be aware, to have the awareness of this, to see holiness in everything, that there is no place where God is not and that there is no place where holiness is not. Unless, of course, we split our mind and look through our body's eyes and judge through partial things in part, things as separate, things as specific and concrete. The eyes of perception are the eyes of deception. We come to a world thinking we know not who we are and try to find ourselves in a body, in a place, in a world which knows nothing of what and who we are. Not one belief in the world is true. The text teaches us this over and over and over again. You mistake yourself for something that you're not. Do not look on others as a body, because if you do, you think you are. You see the world as you see yourself. Of course I'm seeing everybody as a body if I think I'm a body, because per perception is projection. Ideas leave not their source. Ideas leave not the mind from which they come, their source. The ego mind sees through the eyes of a separate source. I, me, and mine. You, this, and that. Separate, distinct individuals. And it's so clear to me, the awareness of the totality of the reality of God cannot be judged through the body's eyes simply relinquish judgment completely because form is in and of itself deception. 
what seems to be, what appears to be, is God in disguise. And there's no place. I love what, Karen, you share about that, you know, that idea of namaste. You know, it's like there's a line in the Course that I loved, and I shared this too on the morning, um, um, Reverend Pamps call that, with a wink and a nod to God in everything. And freedom is the only gift I can give. To give and receive the freedom to be God. God's free to be God in me. And I, I can't do anything wrong. I can't hurt anybody except myself. And nobody else can hurt anybody else except themselves. This is the law of God, that we are untouchable. We're created permanently peaceful, innocent, and loving and lovable. But we choose to see ourselves differently as something else. And here go here are, here goes all our suffering, the baloney grinder, the misery maker. But to to look at um, the lesson and to give to give the way my father gives, and only only the only thing I could give to any anyone is to honor them and appreciate them, the wink and a nod to the God in them that they're an expression of God, and that they're completely benefit beneficent to me because they can't hurt me. My awareness of the fact that they can't touch me or hurt me or change me or separate me from my perfect, holy relationship with God and everything guarantees their innocence. And mine too. My invulnerability, my defenselessness. There's nothing to defend because there's nothing to protect because we all equally have God. And the holiness and the completion of that is, is time and time and time in many different ways brought to our awareness through this text. As long as I think I'm separate, I'm going to see a, a world outside of myself. And as long as I, I know and have accepted God is within me looking through my eyes, through Christ's vision, seeing everything as himself, shared in equality and love, the perfect love. That perfect love is the atonement. And it's, it's um, the, this idea of hiding, hiding the light, hiding the truth, denying the truth, ignoring the truth. I'm in ignorance if I'm ignoring the truth of this. That's my ignorance. That's what makes me suffer. That's what crucifies me. That's what denies the truth in me. I'm hiding the light of the perfect love of God in me. I don't know I have it, so I can't give it to anybody. And how powerful this lesson means, the power and the magnitude and the glory of this lesson means to me that Giving and receiving are one complete thought, and it's instant karma that's going to get me because I exist only in the instant, the holy instance, every holy moment of my life. I either know this or I don't. I either remember this or I forget it. And I either am happy, joyous, and free, or I am suffering and in misery and alone and in fear and, and, and defensiveness. 
and attack and defend, attack and defend, and blame and shame and guilt. And that's what the ego's gifts are. And the gift of God is perfect love in everything. So it's either everything or nothing as far as I'm concerned. Have a happy, joyous, and free day today, guys. Love you. Love you, love you. Love you too, Judy. That's a, a lot to get my arms around. Thank you. Thank so you. Relax, relax, Harrison. Let its arms get. Let its arms get around you. <laughs> relax. God's in charge. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to start listening to the recordings, too. That was a lot of good stuff, Judy. Thanks. It's Harrison. The search for truth is but the honest searching out of everything that interferes with truth. Truth is, it can be neither lost, nor sought, nor found. It is there wherever you are being within you, yet it can be recognized or unrecognized, real or false to you. If you hide it, truth, it becomes unreal to you because you hid it and surrounded it with fear. Under each cornerstone of fear on which you have erected your insane system of belief, the truth lies hidden. Yet, you cannot know this, for by hiding the truth in fear, you see no reason to believe the more you look at fear, the less you see it and the clearer what it conceals becomes. line in the Bible, I believe, that says, come boldly before the throne of God. 
Don't let fear stop you. That's its purpose. That is why we created it. searching out of everything that interferes with truth. That includes fear. That includes the belief that I am a separate body. That includes the belief that there is a world apart from my thoughts. Truth is I can just relax into that. Just knowing truth is I need do nothing. I don't have to search for it because truth is inherent in me. Indeed, truth is what I am. I have never been separate from truth. It can be neither lost nor found. Truth is there with Ever I am. Truth is within me. And that's the truth for every living being. My challenge is seeing the truth in every living being, seeing it first in myself and understanding that that same truth that exists in me exists in you and every seeming separate entity that I can think of. The truth is in me and there's nothing I can do about it. The truth is in you and there's nothing you or I can do about it. All it requires is acceptance. 
that's what we practice every day, regardless of the form of the lesson, regardless of the words in the text. It's all about uncovering the truth of who we are and accepting it and realizing that only the truth is true and nothing else is true. At the end of the day, it's a pretty simple lesson. I don't have to deal with every belief I've ever had, every separate belief that I may have now. I don't have to deal with past, present, or future. There is only now. This instant is the only time there is. And how about I just focus on the truth right now to recognize that that's all there is. I'm complete. Thank you, thank you. Amen. Thank you, Harrison. Good morning, Mrs. Patricia. Harrison calls me forward to speak with every other voice before him but this one this one this one voice that comes through the lesson today that the day I learn I am what is given as it is being received to receive what has been given Perfect in every second. Something beyond the physical speaks. A perfection sits here. It's so deeply felt within every share. What is already perfect that takes such vigilance to hold on and to hold not on to, but to simply embrace. So I'd like to take, if there is time, a quick, I'll do it as quick as I can, a personal and real practice of the lesson. I received a call from my daughter. She got COVID. Now this is a woman that is unstoppable. 
she can run a 50-mile marathon in her 50s. She will not let anything stop her. But she called me saying, Mom, this stopped me. My husband got well in five days, but I got it and I'm still lying here. Something's hurting. I don't know how to fight this one. And you guys, I heard the Course of Miracles come out of me so solidly. Simply to say, honey, when the nervous system gets fried in a body of an ocean, an ocean of liquid, for that sharing that said we are the living waters, this is the moment, my daughter, I say, find warm liquid places to hold what is and not ever want it to change. And she said, how can I do this? I'm a second away from the hospital, Paul. I can't stand this pain. But we breathe through it. She got in warm baths. She allowed the liquid of herself. And I'm confessing to you, this is just last night, all night breaking the barrier of the body to become the living waters. I was, my daughter, responded with mom. I learned to love the world out there and hold it, but I'm now learning to love myself. Find a place that can hold everything and not want it to change, but just be the mother embracing the warm, liquid place that can hold everything as is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. Yes, thank you, Patricia. You know, I am, um, you know, when I, I came to 
I came, I came to, and I came to believe, and then I came to know. And to knowing, knowing that everything is holy, you know, that, that pain is holy, suffering is holy, that silence is holy, that people talking is holy. Everything is holy. There is no place where God is not. And what is the same cannot be different. And what is one cannot be divided or have separate parts. The simplicity, the reduction of that, that there's nothing to choose between because there's only one. There is no in-between. Between is it doesn't exist. <laughs> There's no in-between. <laughs> Coming or going, leaving or staying. There's no place to go and there's nothing to do. The, the um, lesson speaks of this. And, and so does the, the text. That, you know, we're, we're on a journey. We can't be on a journey going somewhere if we are what we are. We're already always and always will be what we are. There's nowhere to go to find it, and there's no place I can go to, to get to escape it. I am what I am. I am that. I am that I am. We all are. I am that I am. The simplicity of it. So, simple. so, so, so simple. But we want to make it all complicated. Relax. Be still and know. I love that metaphor, Patricia, that you use just about that melting and merging and, and, and the fluidity of it. It's it's beautiful. It's moving and it's not moving. Uh, it's just, mm-hmm. it is what it is. It all is, God. It is what it is. It, with the capital it, I-T, isness, beingness. You have to be it, be one with it, to know it. And at peace with it, peace is a condition for me knowing that I am the kingdom of God because I can't be in opposition to any of it. What Harrison, you spoke so beautifully of the, you know, the acceptance, acceptance of the truth that I am all of it. Being in the mind of God, he's told us time and time again, be aware that you are a part of my mind and everything is an idea in my mind, including what you think of as you. What you think of as you being you is within my mind. It's a holy idea within my mind. And you can't judge it. We can't judge it ourselves or others because the inestimable value of the blessings, the loving thoughts that we bestow on each other throughout eternity. And there's no no way to count it up. There's no way to measure it. It's something so immeasurable and unimaginable. To me, I'm complete.
Yes, Patricia here again. You're sharing every one of your sharings in the earlier readings. Our bodies as a temple holding this liquid, this fluid, this oceanic fluid. It's interesting that I found myself with my daughter who is so like um, causal in the physical world. Look, Mom, just tell me what to take and do to get this gone out of me. But she has at a state where the temple demanded in the nervous system now that there must be a presence in the parasympathetic system that is not the crisis system that she was so used to using. The sympathetic system in the temple God made for us runs out of emergency and survival mode. And that's where she's made her glory and magnificence in the world. And now she comes in her later years when her temple is calling for the other magnificence, the parasympathetic nervous system. And I found myself, you guys, for the first time able to speak out of religion and spiritual language, which she repels from her mother, (laughs) to practical survival language to say, honey, you're entering parasympathetic system of your body. I didn't say that God made, but you all know that God made perfect. It made this body perfect as your temple, and now it means find the mother in you that holds your grandson this year, your first-year-born grandson, whether he cries or poops or farts or yells or laughs, no matter what, you hold him, honey. He's a miracle in your arms. Now you hold the miracle of your Hold every fiery pain, every cry and fear, everything that shakes. Hold it as the Christ in yourself. I say that word Christ. I did not use that word. Language need not be specific. I listened to her language. And then God did this. Not me. She heard for the first time I could feel. This morning she calls and says, Mom, something's happened. I'm not hurting so bad. And I'm okay with what hurts. Thank you. You're 
something calling us, you guys, to mother the unmothered, to love the ego that has only been there to say, love me, hold me, let me be soft with what is. And I keep hearing the echo in my voice when my daughter was screaming. And God spoke through me that said, Honey, breathe into what can hold this moment exactly the way it is. It can wrap God's loving, warm, liquid body of light around it. Just say it's okay. Thank you, everybody. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. That beauty, that harmony, that peace, that balance that we do have within us, that's our natural factory setting. Thank you so much. I'm complete. Thank you, Patricia. I know one thing Lori might say to to your share is that divine abstraction takes joy in application. And uh, uh, it's proof against against the the worst that we make up and uh, personally I I believe that at least the initial variant of the coronavirus was made up doesn't mean it doesn't exist doesn't mean it's not a challenge. Um, there's there's a lot gets lost in physical abstraction that tries to treat everyone the same, and and yet <clears throat> each the challenge that's given to each is. Um, I believe truly unique. So, <laughs> and yet, the, as you point out, the uh, the relief is 
is up in uh, is often found in simple things. And then, and I see in her acceptance of what is for her right now is the ability to, uh, you know, release what there is to be released and and uh also the ability then to hold on to what is true in the face of what uh, seems to be the greatest challenge is challenge of mortality on this earth oh this is patricia you call me quickly to just uh confess it's such a powerful shocking experience i'm uniquely digesting with all of us is that it called me forward and she's learning for the very first time she's not her body but she is this presence that wraps around her experience this is the first time and it's the very first time I'm going to say this now, confess to you. I was able to confess to her. It wasn't me. It was something that flowed through me beyond my control. Just it said, I got to share with her now. In 2019, it was January, I heard that in my Course of Miracle Prayer, and I confessed to my daughter just yesterday, Honey, I heard that in October of that year would be the beginning of a worldwide soul life review and that every living thing would be reviewing their entire lives. Something was going to come to them. And it may be in a fever. It may be in an unconscious, shocking state, but every human will do a life review and renew their soulful purpose here. And it was the first time I could tell my daughter that. And it didn't shake her, and I didn't feel scared to confess what I learned through the Course in Miracles. I think COVID was a big part of it, but I watched. It isn't just that. It's when people talk of climate changes and 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 governmental and all kinds of war and peace choices. Everything that is occurring is evoking a soulful life review. I confess that to you guys now, since I was able to tell my daughter. Thank you.
thank you, Patricia. Good morning. Um, I was, yeah, thank you. I was late again, and I forgot it from the first call earlier. So what's the lesson today? Um, okay, well, you know, I think <laughs> I, I'm staring at something, and I realize it's so much for me. It's, it's maybe not inappropriate, but. Maybe not the best close for this call, and so I'll listen to you, Ida. Um, today's I'll conclude with the conclude the recording with the first paragraph of today's lesson. lesson oh, why you want me? To read? I will. I'll read it to you if, if okay. I may. Sure. Today I learned to give as I receive. Today I learned to give as I receive. I said that a third time. Today I learn to give as I receive. What has been given you? The knowledge that you are a mind. In mind, in one mind, and purely mind. Sinless forever. Wholly unafraid because you were created out of love. Nor have you left your source, remaining as you were created. This was given you as knowledge, which you cannot lose. It was given as well to every living thing, or by that knowledge only does it live. You have received all this. No one who walks the world but has received it. It is not this knowledge which you give, for that is what creation gave. All this cannot be learned. What then are you to learn to give today? Experience cannot be shared directly in the way the vision can. The revelation that the Father and the Son are one will come in time to every mind. And 
Yet is that time determined by the mind itself, not taught. Thank you. Thank you, Ida, and thank you all for being here. Um, And I'm going to end the recording, but the call will continue.